Thank you, and welcome once again to another radio program of the Grace Christian Hour. Well, we have come to our last broadcast in the series, and we trust that they truly have been a blessing in your life, for we have been praying for the illumination of the Holy Spirit as we have been studying the most precious Word of God. Now, as we bring our last message in our series, I have chosen to speak on the distinctive character of the Pauline epistles. And specifically, we want to really continue on with what we left off with last week to show forth the message of the Apostle Paul and how there are many distinctive truths recorded in his epistles which are found nowhere else in the Word of God. Or should we even expect to find them in the Word of God anywhere else? For you see, they were a mystery kept secret in the mind of God since the world began. Ephesians 3, verse 9. Now, I'd like you to turn with me in your Bibles and in your thoughts to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. We read, Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. This is one of the distinctive truths to the Pauline epistles, the phraseology of the body of Christ. There is nowhere else in the Word of God outside of the Pauline epistles that you will find that terminology, the church, the body of Christ. Well, you might say, well, pastor, is it not found the word church in other portions of scripture? Oh, yes, there is many portions which we can turn to Matthew and others where we have the word church, but never the word church, the body of Christ, as Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, or in Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. It is distinctive to his message. But you see, as you consider just the term church, it is a very general designation. And as we consider that term, it simply means the Greek word ekklesia means called out ones or assembly. It is always translated in this manner. And it's a very general term and used not only in uh, Paul's epistles uh, or in the Gospels, but also in the Old Testament. Let's just turn a second to Acts Chapter 7, as Stephen is proclaiming a message to the nation of Israel, he's talking uh, about the church in the wilderness. And I'd like to point that out to you in Acts seven thirty-eight. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spoke to him in Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the living oracles and to give unto us. Stephen states here concerning about the nation of Israel in the wilderness that they were a church. Now, is this the church, the body of Christ? Why, you would say, well, no, it's the nation of Israel. So you see, the word church simply means a called out group. 
or it can uh, refer to unbelievers as well. As you would study Acts 19.39, as Paul was at Ephesus, the town clerk called the assembly together, and that assembly was a group of unbelievers. So the word church can refer to believers or a group of unbelievers. And you can only go to the text as you see that word church used, You must study the text to see whether it's speaking of the kingdom church, the messianic church, or is it referring to the church, the body of Jesus Christ. And we want to go a little further with our thought of the church, the body of Christ today. That is, it is made up of Jews and Gentiles without distinction. As Paul brings forth in his epistles that God is no respecter of persons today. That he is saving both Jew and and Gentile on the same grounds through the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. But as you go back into the Gospels and into the Old Testament, this is not true, is it? For we find that Israel was a chosen nation of God, and God channeled his blessing through that chosen nation of Israel. And the Gentiles were afar off. You study Ephesians chapter 2, and you'll learn that the Gentiles were alien from the commonwealth of Israel. They had no hopes or promises or covenants given to them. But God raised up Abraham and with the raising up of the Abraham, with Abraham, we learned that he committed the truths unto them of the kingdom and a prophetic program. And there we learn that Israel was the channel of blessing. Now, does this mean that a Gentile could not be saved in biblical times? Oh, no, they could be. But they had to come through the nation of Israel. You study Isaiah chapter 56, verses 6 and 7, and you will learn that any Gentile that was going to be saved had to come under the law and the covenants and the promises of the nation of Israel actually become a part of the nation. And in an indirect sense, we might say that they became a Jew. And thus we see that the Gentiles are termed proselytes to Judaism. Thus they were uh, a, a corporated nation. So we find that this is why the Lord Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry says that salvation is of the Jews. And we learn also from his earthly ministry, this is why he states to the disciples, go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and not into the way that the Gentiles or the Samaritans. You see, Israel had to come back in repentance that she might take that position of blessing there uh, as God intended for her. But as God set the nation of Israel aside in unbelief and his prophetic program stopped, we find he raised up the new apostle and began the mystery. And one of the distinctive truths to the mystery is that Jews and Gentiles are saved on the same ground. Do you today, brethren, go to Israel and come under the law and the covenants and go through Judaism? Oh no, we're saved by grace through faith, through the merits of our Lord Jesus Christ shed blood there on Calvary's cross. Are we not? 
So we see then the distinctiveness of the body of Christ to the Pauline epistles. Now, does this mean that God will not uh, continue or fulfill the promises and the covenants given in the Old Testament to the nation of Israel? Oh, soon as this dispensation comes to a close and as the church, the body of Christ, is raptured off the earth, we find that the last week of Daniel's 70 weeks of years will be fulfilled, the tribulation period and all the Old Testament prophecies concerning that time in the nation of Israel will be fulfilled. So we see some distinctive truths brought forth from the Pauline epistles, but there are so many that we could bring forth. Look at the secret coming of Jesus Christ there in 1 Thessalonians 4.16 as you study that. That coming is quite distinctive from the second coming to earth, is it not? Where Christ will stand on the Mount of Olives, you will not find the secret coming or the rapture of the church, the body of Christ, anywhere else in the word of God outside of the Pauline epistles. But you say, well, pastor, there in Matthew 24, did not our Lord, speaking of his coming, refer to the rapture of the church, the body of Christ? I do not believe so. For does not our Lord liken his second coming to the earth as to the days of Noah? And who was taken off in the days of Noah? Was it the believer or the unbeliever? When God's judgment came upon the earth, did God take off the believers off the earth? Why, no. Noah was safe and his family in the ark. But it was the unbelievers that were taken off the earth. And this is what it will be when Christ comes and fights for the nation of Israel there in the Mount of Olives and the Battle of Armageddon. We find that as he comes, the wicked and the unbelievers, those who had a poor relationship with the nation of Israel, will be taken off into the judgment, and then the believer will be ushered in and remain on the earth, ushered into his millennial kingdom. And oh, there are so many other truths which we can bring out concerning this program. We have a heavenly hope and calling today. Thus we see the good news of the great of God for this present dispensation. And we are living under the administration of grace, and God has shown forth his long-suffering today. And oh, my brethren, we trust that this, these broadcasts and messages have been a blessing to your hearts, for we've truly have been enlightened in bringing them unto you. And it is our prayer that if you have any questions concerning the mystery or the prophetic program of God, that you might write in and we'd be happy to take time to answer any questions that you may have. Well, I've enjoyed uh, preaching the messages from the Word of God, and I trust the time has truly been a blessing to you. So we must close for now, for our time is gone.